Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we're digging in a little bit deeper into uh, Josh Chandler Semedo, the linebacker who started 30, 31 games? Wow, I didn't look at this part again. Is there 31 or 33? I think it's 31 games. Started 31 games for West Virginia over the course of the last few seasons. One year of eligibility to play, and now he's coming to Colorado. Uh, we talked about this a little bit. On Monday, on Monday, today's Wednesday, we talked about it on Monday, um, but since then I've had a chance to actually go back and watch him play a bunch of football, and I want to talk about that today. Um, so that's kind of the plan, should be another shorter podcast, honestly, I mean, it's the off season, most of these podcasts are going to be shorter podcasts, uh, but that's the plan, and I stand by a lot of what I said, just based on like glancing through the numbers quickly, like it's kind of like the... That sort of stuff, what people have to say, all that. Um, now, though, there are some differences. So I want to talk about who he is as a player first. Then later on, we'll get into, you know, how how does he fit in? What do these Buffs linebackers look like? And uh, we might as well just dig in. So like I said, one year of eligibility left. He played four seasons at West Virginia, never redshirted, and uh, now has this COVID year to play with. Uh, played in 44 games, uh, started 31, and was very productive. You know, you look at the stats, he, I think he was sixth in the Big 12 in tackles last year, maybe like third in total tackles. No, I think he was third in tackles, sixth in solo tackles. Um, so, again, productive, played the middle linebacker spot, so I think that's where you have to start looking at him as a Buffalo. Uh, but at 
you know, five foot ten, two hundred and twenty six pounds. You you wonder how exactly he could be used, um, and, and I guess just starting with his size. Yeah, he's not the biggest dude. Um, even though he isn't the biggest dude, he is in really good shape. Like like he has really put his body together. And of course, if you're starting games as a two hundred twenty six pound middle linebacker, odds are you have kind of put your body together um, in the way that it should be. And so I do think that although he isn't the biggest linebacker, he does make up for it just with strength. And on top of that, he has really long arms. And those long arms can help him separate off of blocks, do those sorts of things. Um, He still is undersized. Like, he still is a small linebacker, and that shows up occasionally. But he he does have kind of... Again, like like he's filled out. He's he's kind of he's very defined. He does seem to have some of that like grown man type of strength that counteracts the size deficiency just a little bit. Um, let's talk about the tackling. I think this is where I was probably most disappointed. I'll say this as well. Um, so I I watched him play. Uh, all all three games were from this year. Um, the first one was Oklahoma, and then it was Maryland. And then it was, ah, it was it was TCU, um, and when it came to tackling, you know, I was disappointed. There there were some missed tackles out there, and in particular, missed tackles in space. Um, when obviously playing middle linebacker, a lot of the time you're kind of like all caught up in what's going on in the middle of the field there's a bunch of bodies flying around in those situations he does a good job especially with those long arms like reaching out grabbing guys pulling them down um and making tackles on situations or you know if there's like a narrow running lane then he can he can kind of get some power into it you know he isn't he isn't the biggest hitter but when there's like a two foot wide hole a three foot wide hole running backs charging through he'll meet him in there and he'll pop him uh, typically doesn't knock him backwards, doesn't have like a whole lot of stopping power, but he does play behind his pads a little bit. But those are the situations where you don't see him miss that many tackles. It's when he's out in space that you have some concerns. Um, you know, the Oklahoma game, there's there's a play where he's, he's in one-on-one coverage with uh, the running back out of the backfield. Um, you know, he kind of mirrors the, the running back as he runs out to the flat. Uh, there's there's some traffic. There's receivers going downfield. Some defenders covering him. He has to get through that, um, and, and so running back winds up getting the ball, and Josh Chandler Samedo is kind of like a, a step behind, mirroring him. Right, um, so he's trying to charge. He's trying to meet five yards downfield at the sticks, whatever, um, and the running back just stops a little bit, lets him fly by, and then keeps going up the sideline for a big gain. So there's some stuff like that. You know, I think it might have been that same game. There was a receiver who did something similar, just a little flyby. Um, But then on the other side, you see uh, this is later on in the game. Same same basic concept out to the other side. He waits inside a little bit, kind of to to hedge against that a little bit. um, And leaves too much room up that sideline. And just gets beat. Now, I don't even know that he got a hand on him. Um, so you do see a couple of those little things. But again, like the the tackles, when there's like a clear path or the running back has to go, he'll meet him, he'll bring him down. 
Um, when when there's you know a big mess at the line of scrimmage, you know it's third and one or whatever, and and somebody needs to to bring him down. There's bodies everywhere. He he can make those tackles as well. Um, but in space, and you see this, there was one play where he's blitzing off the edge as well, where you know he gets back there like, oh, it's gonna be a sack, and he just can't get him down. Like he just gets one hand, kind of runs by, and I think quarterback kind of stepped up a little bit. Like ah, that's that's a waste. It's a waste. So that is kind of the one of the bigger concerns I have is just the tackling. Um, I think that because his arms are so long, he can rely on them a little bit too much. I think that's part of the problem. I think that, I mean, again, comparing somebody to Nate Landman just isn't fair. But Nate just plays at a little bit different speed. You know, Nate's making decisions quickly. When he decides he's going somewhere, he's sprinting all the way. And that, who knows, if these two line up and get in a foot race with each other, Nate might not win. But because he knows where he's going, um, he, he just charges hard. And that puts a little bit of power behind what's he, what he does as well. And so that's the kind of thing that's just missing a little bit from Josh Chandler Tomato. And again, could it be that he, he missed, whatever, five, six, seven tackles? Um, it wasn't seven. He missed however many tackles he missed in these couple games I watched, and those are the only ones all season, for sure. But I, I can't. I'm not watching every single game. <laughs> I got a pretty good sense of what's going on. Um, so yeah, there's, there's one of the bigger topics I think um, that the tackling, um, his ability to get off of blocks. You know, again, he's undersized, and that that specifically comes up when he's fighting with offensive linemen. Um, in particular, when an offensive lineman gets a run at him, you know, if they're extending up to the second level and he's sitting back, you know, where he lined up or whatever, um, and, and a, a lineman's able to just come hit him, yeah, he'll he'll bounce back a bit. You know, he isn't he isn't going to he isn't going to go toe to toe with a lineman and and win that fight. Um, and that's something again that like Nate Landman can do. You know, Quinn Perry. We'll talk about him later. He he can do some of that. Um, however, I think for the most part, Josh does a good job getting off of blocks. Again, I think it's those long arms. You just get so much leverage. Um, he's he's generally able to slip off those. I think in traffic, yeah, in traffic, I think he gets off of blocks pretty well. Um, in space, he does pretty well. I wouldn't say that he has like a major strength of getting off of blocks, um, but I would say that for as many times as the the lineman's able to to catch him up or, or get some sort of initial impact that docks him back a step or two and kind of opens things up. Uh, for for every one of those plays, the offensive lineman wins. It seems like there's just as many that that Josh is winning is able to get off of his guy and, and go make a play. Um, I think uh, you you hear 226-pound linebacker, you think like, okay, this guy can fly, and he, he isn't the fastest. Um, I, I think that there's um, there's also kind of a motor thing. It seems like when he's behind the play, he can be a little quick to take his foot off the gas and not run things down, which you don't love to see, but generally doesn't come back to bite you. You know, if that's the case, at one point during the season – there's probably a running back who breaks a tackle from a couple guys, and he could have been there, but instead he gets another 10 yards out of it. Not that big of a deal. But it also, I mean, those are situations when you're just like running behind the play where you can see how fast a guy is, and when you don't see him fly there, you're like, ah, how? The, the speed doesn't show up very often. Um, 
This, yeah, I, I don't, I don't look at him as like a, a fast player. You know, Robert Barnes is probably faster, um, faster than Quinn Perry though. You know, um, probably not as fast as Marvin Ham. Maybe, maybe pretty similar. Um, but but he doesn't have like the sideline to sideline range. I will say that in coverage, he has he has solid senses, solid to good senses. Like he they they play a lot of zone, and you know when they do that, he's either playing a zone in the middle. Sometimes he's spying the quarterback in the middle. Um, but you know if there's a, a a tight end who's trying to run some sort of over route in behind him, he does a good job of kind of sticking with him being physical, forcing him to kind of go the long way to wherever he's going. I think he has a a good sense of angles and leverage in coverage. Um, you know, there's one play in particular that comes to mind. It's against Oklahoma where there's a tight end. I think it's like a dig route. It might have been a post behind him. Um, but he feels him coming up like to his left as he's looking at the line of scrimmage. Um, just kind of runs with him, forces him to run the route a bit deeper than he'd like, runs him across the back of the end zone. And he doesn't have the speed to totally keep up. Like, eventually a, w- a small window does come open, but it's a really small window, and it took forever to develop. You see that? It's like, okay, even if you don't have the best tools to 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 cover somebody one-on-one, or I guess zone coverage, but in this case, it was obvious who his responsibility was be. Um, that experience... That experience, you can see it come through, and he's able to to win. I mean, he he won that rep. You know, the ball came. Spencer Rattler couldn't hit, put the ball right on the money where it needed to be, and who knows, maybe he could have made a play on it. Um, I will say I, I didn't get to see them throw the ball at him too much. Um, there were a couple plays I mentioned, like in the flat. There, were, there was that one in the end zone, but in those three games, he didn't get targeted all that much. And you, you know how TV broadcasts work. Like, half the time, if it's a passing play, they're just zooming into the pocket anyway. You can't see more than two yards downfield anywhere, so it's tough to tell exactly what's going on. Um, But, you know, I think that that's... I mean, similar to Nate, right? Where it's like, is he good in coverage? I mean, no, but he knows how to do the best with what he has, and they've got good coaches who know how to put him in good situations, so you're never going to watch or it's very rare that you're going to watch a replay of a play and be like oh look Nate was bad in coverage because they just don't put him in positions where that can happen and he's good enough to just kind of fight his way through uh so I think that those are kind of the big things I think again like good senses he has good senses for where the ball is going to go um you, you watch him kind of track guys you know the inside zone is he going to try to buzz this to the edge is he going to try to take it up the middle it's rare that you see mistakes. It's it's fairly rare that you make mistakes, but they're there. Um, you know, there's times where he overcommits the edge a little bit, uh, and so he's a little slow getting back, and so it turns out to be like a six-yard gain instead of what could have been two or three. And, and I think, I mean, that's how a lot of this went. And I, th- you see, thirty-one game starter, and you're like, okay, this guy, this guy's really good. You know, he was third team All Big Twelve according to Phil, Phil Steele. Um, honorable mention according to the coaches. You're like, oh, okay, there might be there might be something kind of special here. But then you watch, and nothing really stands out. You know, there's nothing you look at and say, oh, wow, look at how he does this. Um, it's just that he is pretty well-rounded all the way through. 
um, you know, he he might be best at spying the quarterback. I think if you were to say, like, where can he be really good? Spying the quarterback. Um, yeah, he senses how things develop. He has a, has a decent sense of what's going on behind him. Um, the the sideline to sideline range is, and it's not great. You, you're you're going to get in trouble sometimes, but if you're spying a quarterback, it's plenty good enough to do that. So that's probably where he's at his best. Um, I think in traffic when there's a lot going on, when there's bodies flying everywhere, uh, he's he's really valuable there. He can get guys on the ground. Um, you always, it's always nice when there's just somebody else there who can knock him backwards. You know, there's not a lot of plays where he's knocking guys backwards. Um, but again, just like a, a very solid piece. Um, and you look at what the buffs have at linebacker and they could use somebody like that. You know, I, I think I said last time around, like he's, he's got to start right. Considering he started that many games at West Virginia. I'm not, I'm not totally sure. I'm not totally sure that he's a starter now. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that more in just a second. Real quick, though. Breckenridge Brewery is incredible. Uh, had a couple seltzers before the game. I didn't actually buy the Avalanche at the Avalanche game that I expected to last night, so that's kind of a shame. But, you know, still a good night. Sometimes it's best just to have one or two seltzers beforehand. That's what I learned. But, uh, can never go wrong with Breckenridge Brewery, whether you want the good company hard seltzers, whether you want the Avalanche uh, wait, Avalanche American Amber Ale, the Broncos Country Hoppy Pale Ale, the Strawberry Sky. It's a Kolsch? Is it a Kolsch? I think it's a Kolsch. Um, just great stuff from our friends over there. Even if you're not in the state, and I know a lot of you are not in Colorado, you can probably pick up Breckenridge beers wherever you are. Just go to breckbrew.com, use their beer locator, put your zip code in, check all the boxes of the things that you want to check out, and they'll tell you where you can get them. It's great stuff uh, from a great Colorado company that's a huge part of the sports scene here, so definitely check them out. And also, Sexy Pizza. Uh, it's crazy that we're so close to football season. Like, like what is it? We're now, we're now closer to the start of next season than we are to the end of last season. I'm so fired up because football season, sexy pizza season. We have it all. Have it at all of our Broncos tailgates. If you guys haven't checked those out, come on down. Even if you don't go to the game, it's just a good place to go have fun and hang out. Got games. The weather's good. There's beer, and of course, there's sexy pizza too. So it's awesome stuff. I'm. I don't know. I get. I, I'm just so excited for football season to come back. And sexy pizza is a part of that for me. I might have to get some. I might have to get some sexy pizza of my own. I guess I did that a couple weeks ago. It's not not all that recently though. A couple weeks ago I got some. Uh, actually had the buffalo chicken pizza, which is pretty good. I usually don't like pizzas that don't just have like the the standard stuff like marinara sauce, whatever. Uh, but sexy pizza, the best stuff. You can get the gluten gluten free stuff, vegan options. Um, and there's locations all around Denver. So make sure that you check out whichever one's closest to you. Um, Cap Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, Park Hill, and a new location just opened in Trinidad, Colorado. Sexy Pizza is the best. So make sure that you get in on that. All right. The fit. Um, you know, we talked about this a little bit on Monday and on Monday, I thought, you know, you, you, you could see 
how he could fit somewhere other other than middle linebacker. You know, Quinn Perry, he's he's a middle linebacker and that's it. Could Josh Chandler Semedo fit in somewhere else? I'd be curious. I'd be curious. And here's why. I mean, like I said, I don't think he's bad in coverage. I I, I don't. Um, they really protected him, which obviously isn't a great sign, but also I, in that scheme, the linebacker is always going to be sort of protected regardless. What I worry more about is just the tackling in space. So if you do line him up as outside linebacker, there's a, a it's a lot more often you're going to be making those tackles out in the flat on those stretch runs where you know you're the last defender on the edge. Um, versus if you're inside linebacker, that's where all the traffic is. That's where things kind of get funneled to you. Um, then you think back and it's like, okay, he missed how many tackles last year? Like 10, 12, something like that, one a game. If that happens and you're out on the edge, that's not the end of the world, right? You know, it's a, it's a limitation. It's a it's a flaw for sure. Like like if you wind up being put in that situation, you say, hey, we got to play Josh. Um, he's our he's our weak side linebacker, and you know what? We we think you you might miss you know two tackles every three games, whatever. It's not ideal, but it might be your best option. It might be something you'd be like, yeah, it happens. It's football. We can move along. Um, Right now, you look at the roster and say, what options do you have? And the options you have, you know, Quinn Perry at middle linebacker. You know, Marvin Ham, who we haven't seen all that much of. Is he ready? Is he ready to be productive and be in the right place and do all those sorts of things? It's possible. And uh, you have Robert Barnes, who I think I'm probably highest on of anybody uh, in this group. Um, but also, you know, not not the most physical player. Uh, we, we heard that the coaches have been trying to work on that, that that's kind of his big thing for the offseason is get more physical. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, but if, if he does, then he could be a very well-rounded, complete linebacker. Um, and the same thing where, you know, if, if the mental pieces are all there for Marvin Ham, despite not having too much experience on the field, hey, he could be a really well-rounded linebacker. Mr. Williams, I think a couple, couple years down the line, there's a good chance that he's a really well-rounded linebacker. You know, it's uh, you know, a- as he continues to grow and-, and his body develops, what does it develop like? How much, how much more weight does he put on? How mobile does he stay? Um, that's that's kind of the question there. Um, but even even if he loses a little bit of mobility, even if he isn't the best athlete at position, you know, you you're still looking at like a Quinn Perry type at least, I, I think. Um, so with a Josh Chandler Semedo with some of the the things that we talked about. I mean, let's let's just compare these. You know, just just with Quinn Perry and Robert Barnes. You know, ability to get off blocks. Honestly, it might be pretty similar across all of them. Um with Barnes being very high variance, right? Like we just haven't seen enough of him trying to do that um to to know is he is he better or is he worse? And I think because of that you say like, "Ah, oh, he's probably right there." Um pro- probably pretty similar. In terms of coverage ability, it's Robert Barnes one, it's Josh Chandler Tomato two, it's Quinn Perry three. Um, in terms of tackling ability, honestly, I mean Quinn Perry missed a couple tackles too. Is Barnes behind those other two? I'm not so sure he is. I, th- I honestly think that you might be pretty similar there. Um, in terms of just pure raw speed, athletes, we call it side to side range. Um, I, I, Barnes is probably the best probably Josh number two and then Perry number three. Um, but you go through all this and it's like, yeah, they're pretty similar. And so I think that when you look at 
what this situation will be this season, you probably say that these guys are all in about the same tier. Um, it's just, you know, what is Marvin Ham? You know, we just haven't seen all that much of him. Um, the coaches have. They know what they're working with. They, they've made him kind of that third starter along with these other two. Um, but for those of us on the outside, it's just hard to say, like, ah, were they, were they kind of dragging by? Is he, is he going to be like the breakout star? You know, is, is he going to be somebody you can't even take off the field? You don't know. Um, Mr. Williams right behind him. I, you guys know that I'm really high on Mr. Williams. Is he ready now? We'll see. We'll see. Um, but, but he has the brain to play middle linebacker. He has the size. He has the speed. Um, we'll see. He just hasn't been on the field all that much. Um, and then you've got, you know, Isaac Hurtado, uh, who uh, I almost wonder. Yeah, no, Isaac Hurtado's still there. Um, and then uh, Owen Carey. Owen Carey, the true freshman, you know, he's he's probably not going to factor in much this season. Uh, you might you might see him a little bit more late in the year. You might see him in, in blowouts one way or the other. Um, Aubrey Smith, same thing, but he didn't get spring ball, so you'd expect him to be a step behind. Um, so you at least have a little bit of depth here. At the very least, Josh Chandler Semedo gives you that. Because, um, again, I mean, you're talking Barnes, you're talking Chandler Semedo, you're talking Perry, Marvin Ham. There's, there's four guys who, if they're out there, you feel good about it. You feel good about it. Um, and, and there's going to be three spots. So there's room for one of them to, to you know, have whatever come up. And we'll knock on wood and say that all these guys are available all season. But a lot of the time, that's not how this works. Uh, you throw uh, Mr. Williams in there as well. And then you get to those young guys. You still maybe wish you had just a tiny bit more depth. And maybe Isaac Hurtado is that. Maybe, maybe Isaac Hurtado does provide that. Um, but again, just haven't seen all that much of him, haven't heard all that much about him. Um, so it's kind of just a total wild card in this group. Um, going through the rest of the roster, you know, it would be good to add a safety. It'd be really good to add a safety. I think you're probably good at cornerback. Um, although it wouldn't, it definitely wouldn't hurt to add one more cornerback. Um, Defensive line, you're super solid. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if if this coaching staff is looking for a transfer out of that group. You know, they they might be happy to hear that they're losing one of these defensive ends or somebody um, just to free up another scholarship. Um, offensive line is probably set. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be set now that they added Eckert. Um, that's I feel confident saying that one's set. Receivers, you're obviously set. Tight ends, you're set. Um, running back, assuming no injuries, you're set. You know, with Fontenot, Ramon Jefferson, you've kind of got a 1A, 1B with Deion Smith right there, Jaylee Stacks. So you're good there too. I mean, could there be another linebacker added? I wouldn't be all that surprised um, because if not, you're kind of risking needing to move. I don't even know who it would be. Um, they move Devin Grant? Could he play off the ball? It's possible. Um, would they would they just play more three four? I think that's honestly possible. Um, Alvin Williams maybe, but I think there's I think there's one scholarship, one or two. So they're they're getting pretty close to being done. Oh, and I just realized I didn't talk much about this. West Virginia did use Josh Chandler Semedo on the edge a little bit. 
Um, it was kind of rare. They they would go from like their their base package, you know, where he's just playing inside linebacker, to kind of this nickel three three five thing where the outside linebackers are on the line of scrimmage. So you have the three linemen on the inside. You have an outside linebacker on each side, and so it's kind of a pass rushing sort of formation. And they did use Josh Chandler Semedo there, honestly, quite a bit. Um, he didn't. He wasn't all that productive. I think there might have been one play that I mentioned earlier. He might have been lined up there when he missed on that sack. Um, but he wasn't very productive as a pass rusher. He did provide like a little bit of burst, a little more burst. He, he was able to force the, the tackle to defend the edge at the very least. I don't know that we'll see all that much of that, but it is kind of the final piece to keep in mind, right? Especially when we don't know what this 4-3 is going to look like. Like, is it, is it just going to be a straight-up 4-3? Are they going to play over, under? Um, probably more under than over, I would guess, um, which would throw a, a linebacker down on the line of scrimmage. Um, so, we'll see. We'll see what all this looks like. Um, but I do think that in Josh chandler Tomato, Colorado is getting a very solid linebacker. Um, somebody who probably won't make many mistakes. Um you know, maybe some physical limitations, uh, but for the most part is pretty close to maximizing what he's given and provides a level of stability at the very least um, and, and can patch a hole if a hole pops up at the very least, but also has potential to, I think, maybe be one of your, maybe be your best linebacker. You know, Robert Barnes probably has first shot at that. Like if he comes back more physical, he's ready to, play the run game, he's able to to lay the wood a little bit this season, well then yeah, it's probably going to be him. Um, but if not, Josh chandler Tomato is very capable of being that guy. Um, again, not not the flashiest pickup, not a, not a game-changing pickup, but a very valuable addition at the very least and somebody who will factor in this season. That we can be really confident of. Um, I think that's all I got. I think that's all I got. Um, I will uh, be back tomorrow with more. I'm actually not sure what we're going to be talking about. Uh, it's kind of open-ended, but I'm sure there'll be something. Maybe maybe now we jump into all this NIL craziness because uh, there's. it seems like it's like every three, four months it's time to talk about that again. It's like, yeah, it's kind of boiling up again. Let's, let's have the talk. Um, so maybe that's on the way. Who knows? Maybe there'll be some offers of the basketball team. We'll figure it out, and I'll see you then.